Are you here? Sounds rhetorical. Are you here? Yeah, that's more interrogative. You know, being here is the prerequisite to each and every episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. You knew that, of course. You, you can't hear it if you aren't here. So what do we have for you to hear today while you're here on the Paul Leslie Hour? Well, this is an interview from the archives. That's the American way to say history with Suzanne Rostock. Now, Suzanne Rostock is a filmmaker. She's been defined as an oral and visual poet. Oh, did you hear about Harry Belafonte being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> At age 95, he's pushing a century, and that makes him the oldest living person to earn an induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, Suzanne Rostock wrote and directed the documentary film Sing Your Song, which tells the untold story of singer-actor-activist Harry Belafonte. Oh, you got another question. Did you know you can help the Paul Leslie Hour a big whole lot, bunches, and it is free to do so, costs you nothing. Just find the Paul Leslie channel on your YouTube and subscribe. And for goodness sakes, ring that bell. Ding, ding, while you're there. It's a big, big help, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Now, if you do have a few pennies you'd like to donate to help keep this show going, oh, that's okay, too. Just go to www.thepaulleslie.com support. And it's all self-explanatory. Thank you for subscribing, for supporting, and just for listening. We love it when you're here. Yes, it's all true. All right, if Paul's okay with it, he's queuing up the interview. I think I hear that now. I think it's about that time. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome our special guest, Suzanne Rostock, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. My pleasure. My first question, who is Suzanne Rostock? You know, nobody has asked me that question since college. <laughs> <laughs> I am a documentary filmmaker. I've been working with documentary films since I graduated from NYU Graduate Film School in 1972, so you can do the math on that one. I have started out uh, making my own films and living off of grants, and I was very, always very interested in human rights and uh, the arts and combining the two, the power of art uh, to transform and, and change the world. And so all the films I've worked on have uh, been in that realm. And after uh, some years of living off of grants and shooting and directing and editing my own films, I started to edit other people's work. Michael Apted, for example, he and I have worked together for over 20 years, done uh, many documentaries with him. I sort of stayed in the area of editing because it just took so long to raise money to do films, and I wasn't in a position to be able to uh, support myself without working. 
sing your song actually brings me back to directing, which uh, is thrilling to me at this point, because there's so many films I want to make going forward, and this will give me the opportunity to do that. And for all the listeners out there, sing your song is your film. It's a documentary, and it features Harry Belafonte. But before that, I want to kind of go back a little. What was life like growing up, and what films did you enjoy? I grew up in New York, and I grew up to with two parents who were European Jewish Marxist doctors, <laughs> and um, our house was always full of artists, and my parents were passionate about film. The first film that got me very excited about filmmaking was actually Fellini's Eight and a Half, and I think I was 12. <laughs> but uh, mo- moving on from there, I think that Battle of Algiers was the film that really focused what I wanted to do with film. And I was lucky in the years that I was at NYU, Leo Hurwitz was the uh, director of the school, and he, he had made many amazing films in the 30s about politics and art and human rights issues. So I had a good nurturing experience in graduate school. The films that influence me now are very varied, but I'm a huge huge fan of Agnes Varda and uh, the, the way she is able to tell stories about life. And now getting to the films in your song, first of all, I have to say congratulations. Thank you. It is a beautiful movie. When did you first become aware of Mr. Harry Belafonte? I've always known about Harry Belafonte first as a performer, and I think <laughs> having spent so much very close and intimate, wonderful time with Harry over the years. It's everyone approaches him. I mean, millions of people approach him with the same thing that I'm going to say now, saying the same thing I'm going to say now is that my parents loved you and I grew up listening to your music and dancing to your music in my living room. <laughs> and so many people know him as this amazing performer and, and uh, this joyous spirit. And I knew him because of my political activism, of his uh, his uh, social activism. But I didn't really know the great extent to which he was uh, so influential in, in the way our world has been shaped until I started making this film. So I had many, many surprises. What you just said, it's recalled a lot of conversations I've had recently with fans of his. A lot of people become aware of him through his music, and then they find out about the work that he's done with social activism. And then there's a lot of people, vice versa, they say, oh, are you kidding me? You didn't become a fan of Harry Belafonte because of the amazing work he did? I found out about the music later, which is, oh, it's been very interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> so when you met Mr. Belafonte, what was your first impression? You know, he's probably one of the most charismatic people on the planet. I don't think anybody will argue that. So I was I was charmed by him and moved by his sincerity. And, you know, so often when you meet the people, they're very anxious to tell you all about themselves. But he's so genuinely interested in the world and everyone in it. So you could actually have a conversation with him, not just sit there and listen to a monologue. So I, I was so captivated by him. And I was, of course honored to be asked to be involved with this project or to see if I would be interested in being involved. And we spoke for for many, many, many hours, five hours, endless cups of tea and cookies. He's a big cookie eater. 
toward the end of the conversation, he took my hand and his eyes just filled with tears. He said, I'm so troubled, you know, at this point in my life, I'm just so worried that I haven't passed the baton, that we, we haven't set the, uh, the stage for the, for the next chapter in life, you know, and where we should be going as, as a people. I was so moved by that, and I shared with him an experience I had when I was 15 because I wanted to march with Martin Luther King uh, from Selma to Montgomery, and I wanted to do that more than anything in the world. And my, my parents didn't let me go down from New York. They felt it was too dangerous, but I, I felt so connected to the movement, and there was a movement, and there were great leaders. And my friends and I you know, worked so hard, even at a young age, uh, to try to, to be a part of it. And I have a... a teenage daughter who I see is so filled with the same passion that I was filled with at that time and she and her friends so want to make a difference in the world and put an end to injustice and inhumanity and they don't know where to turn and I saw in that, in that moment of Harry's teary revelation of his fears that maybe uh, he and I could put together a film that could be the roadmap for the future. So I, I took the film on for, for my daughter and her friends, and I really tried to shape the film so that it would speak to young people, so that it would capture their imagination and ignite them, and fill them with hope, too, you know, hope and a desire to, to get up there and do something. This film, Sing Your Song, something that I had thought many times over the years, I had thought, there is no book about Harry Belafonte. There is no film about Harry Belafonte. Why is it that you think that there has been so little in terms of books or in terms of any kind of output about him, considering the amazing work that he's done in, in so many different parts of our culture, not just the arts, but also, as we discussed, the social activism? Well, I think when you watch the film, you see how under the radar he kept himself. You know, he was really behind the scenes in terms of his social activism. He, he was a motivator. I mean, he was absolutely physically active and there in a very, as I said, behind the scenes way. And so most people don't know about that part of his life. And in terms of why no one has made a, a book, written a book or made a film uh, about Harry up, at, up to this point, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. I don't really know. The title of this film is Sing Your Song. I was hoping you could tell the listeners, how was the title of that film selected? Harry actually has always wanted to call the film Sing Your Song. It came from a statement that was made to him by uh, Paul Robeson. Paul Robeson was a very close friend of Harry's. And very, very early in Harry's career, just at the very, very beginning, Harry was performing at the Village Vanguard. Paul Robeson was in the audience. He heard him sing. And he came backstage. Paul Robeson came backstage after Harry's performance and said to Harry, if you can get them to sing your song, they will know who you are. And that uh, statement resonated. And that's why Harry felt that the film should be called Sing Your Song. I think you know the title of his book is My Song. It has great meaning to him. I was concerned about the title because until you hear the Paul Robeson story attached to it, I thought that the title could be very misleading. It, it sounds a little bit like the, the group Up With People or Karen Carpenter had a song called Sing Your Song. And I didn't know if it, if it would really evoke the power of, of the story that the film holds. There is a lot of music in this film 
you get to hear a lot of songs, and along the way, you kind of see the music complementing what was going on. He used music many times to broadcast a deeper message. So as a result of being exposed to the music, do you have a favorite song from Mr. Belafonte's discography? I love so many of his songs at different times of the day. Now, I was shopping. <laughs> I was shopping in the Trader Joe's on Monday. All of a sudden, Hold Him Joe came on, which is a very, very early song that he did, and there's a hilarious performance of his <laughs> in the film where he comes out with a donkey and the June Taylor dancers, and Harry's very young, and, and the donkey's very unruly, and Harry's, you know, this is his great opportunity to sing on uh, national television, and he has to fight the donkey, and it's it's uh, such a joyful and hilarious scene, and that song suddenly came on some, you know, a million years later, and just, it, that song always just fills me with such laughter. They, all the songs that he recorded with Miriam Makiba uh, move me to tears. They're, they're just so incredible. Everything in between, you know, I find myself singing his music often, you know, it just pops a different song, pops into my head. I think it, it would be wonderful, and I know Harry wanted to do this at one point, is, is to re-record a lot of his uh, music, but with contemporary performers, with rappers. You know, he was trying to do a good rap version of uh, Deo, and <laughs> I, I found an old version that he had recorded in Jamaica with some Jamaican rappers of Man Smart, Woman Smarter that I think would be a huge hit today. And I wanted to bring that one back. I had it in the film at one point, but I took it out because I, the film was getting too long. So you had to make some sacrifices. But it might be on the DVD extras. Very, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So, in general, what was it like making the film? What was it like emotionally? What was it like intellectually? Well, emotionally, it was such a roller coaster, you know, to ride, and it it took me to places that I had been before, but never experienced quite this way, and and to see the movement, and actually to see what Harry's life was like, the struggle that he had to be the artist that he is and to be the humanitarian and, and the obstacles, the outrageous obstacles, just reminded me every day how far we haven't come yet, <laughs> you know, how much further we have to go. And so emotionally and intellectually, it really affected me. The same way, you know, I felt challenged every day to answer for my own uh, behavior in life, take more responsibility, although I thought I had been, but, you, you know, then you watch the life of Harry Belafonte and you realize, you know, it's interesting. We had a, a premiere at the Apollo this past Thursday, you know, a week ago, actually, exactly a week ago, and it was so great. I had always imagined this film being shown in the Apollo, and it was like bringing the story home. Harry grew up in Harlem, and the audience was fantastic, and people were cheering at different points, and, and afterwards, you know, there were some celebrities in the audience. Brendan Fraser was there, and I went up to him just to share a story with him that we had experienced together many, many years ago, but I went up to him, and I, you know introduced myself, reintroduced myself after many years. He said, you know, I originally didn't really feel like coming to see this film. Who wants to see a film about an 84-year-old man? And he said, I had no idea. And when the film was over, you know, I was so moved beyond belief. And I said to myself, Brendan Fraser, get up your, off your sorry ass and do something. <laughs> 
And, <laughs> and this is something that I've heard from so many, from young people, from, you know, I've shown it to many college students and, and high school students, and, uh, and especially with the college students, one after another would come up and say, you know, I was thinking of taking a gap year, or I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, and I was kind of just cruising through college. And after seeing this film, I said, we're out of time, I have to do something, person after person, and, and that's been my hope for the film. But I also wanted the film to be entertaining and, and passionate and funny. And, you know, it's such a challenge to, to make these films and have them not feel like medicine that tastes sour, but it's good for you. So, you know, take it. Hopefully I've succeeded in creating a film that can reach many. What is your favorite part in the film? <laughs> One of my favorite, favorite parts is when, when Harry is in a visiting uh, convicts in a prison in California. And he comes upon a man who's playing a guitar and who starts singing the blues. And this man actually, I, I didn't put this story in the film, but he actually makes guitars and he made the guitar he was playing. And he has a beautiful voice and singing to Harry. And then all of a sudden, Harry joins in and sings the blues in a way like you've never heard them. And it's just so, such a powerful moment to me. And him, of course, seeing Mandela seeing Mandela for the first time, we, had, we found the footage of Harry seeing, because Harry corresponded with Mandela while he was in prison, and, and Harry was such a, a fighter against apartheid and for so many years, and was even arrested for demonstrating against apartheid. When he and Mandela finally met, when you see Mandela going over to Harry, and uh, there's no sound on the footage, but Har Harry said, and then Mandela said to me, Harry boy, and you see Mandela mouthing that, and it, it's just a beautiful, powerful moment for me. Great, great part of the movie. When a viewer sees this film, Sing Your Song, what do you want the viewer to get out of the experience of watching the movie? I want the viewer to have a better understanding of history, of what came before, of, you know, what's past this prologue, to learn from what came before, and to be inspired to... Really, you know, even the smallest gesture can make a huge difference. And, and if we all did something every day, as Harry's mother said, you know, in the beginning of the film, Harry's always lived by the words of his mother that, you know, do, do not go to sleep at night without doing something each day to fight against injustice. That's what I want people to get out of the film. I want people to be inspired by Harry's life. I want people to feel hope and not feel helpless and not feel victimized. So that, you know, we all have the power to do something. And to also, I want people to understand the power of art. That it's a very powerful medium, all the arts, and that we really can change the world. It's possible. My last question. We have listeners from all over the world. What do you want to say to all the people who are listening in? Totally open-ended. That you're not alone, that your voices are being heard, that uh, even though there don't seem to be leaders around for movements, so you can see what's happening all over the world, even down on Wall Street, that these leaderless movements are burgeoning and that we can be in charge of our destiny, that we don't have to be victimized anymore. And I know Harry and Gina Belafonte, his daughter, and I are working on another film called Another Night in the Free World, and that's exactly what we want to address in that film. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to point you all to the website. For more information, you can visit SingYourSongTheMovie.com. 
And it's airing on HBO starting uh, this coming Monday, October 17th at 10 o'clock, and then they will be running it uh, a lot. I don't have all the dates, but if you check the HBO website, you can see that. So please watch it. That would be wonderful. <laughs> I imagine it will be available at some point on DVD. Yes. We're hoping Very good. That. Yes. <laughs> I can say this interview has been a real pleasure for me. Oh, thank you for me, too. Thank you for asking me to speak. <laughs> anything to get the word out about this film. Thanks a lot, Paul. Right. Thank you. Have a good day. You, too. Get some sleep. <laughs> thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.